Come on, guys. This is the Texas A&M fight song right here. And uh, I thought it was fitting to play the fight song since we played UNC last night. And we won. I'm an Aggie. I, tr I do my best not to talk about it very much. But we have beat every big ACC school in North Carolina over the last few years in football and bowl games. We beat Duke, great comeback, Johnny Manziel, epic game. We beat NC State, I, I like the Wolfpack, um, in the Gator Bowl. And then just last night we beat UNC in the Orange Bowl. Who's excited about that? Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let me introduce myself. My name is Jesse Harris. That's my family up there. Um, Lindsay Cash took that picture. If you need good pictures, she's the one to ask. Um, I've got four kids, as you can see. August is my oldest, and then Addie in the yellow. Josie is next, and then Wren with the dirty scowl on her face. Um, me and Nikki have been married for 11 years, have four kids. We moved to North Carolina seven years ago, almost eight now, and we absolutely love it. We love it out here. And I get the pleasure to talk to you guys today. Uh, you know, they give the New Year sermon to the young guy that's not that good because they know not as many Thank you so much for coming. Um, I'm going to try to keep it pretty short and sweet today, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you, and hopefully you hear this, and if you don't, hopefully you at least get something good out of this. So what I really want to have happen today is that you be incredibly hopeful for the promises that God has towards your life, and that you get so excited about that that you want to have New Year's goals that will propel you into who God's created you to be for the year, okay? But before I get there, I want to ask everybody in here that is, let's just have everybody, but I'm asking this mainly for this row right over here and the, the, the kids in the back. What is your favorite holiday? Don't say it out loud, but we're going to do it by a show of hands. So what is your favorite holiday? Whose favorite holiday is Christmas? It's a good one. It's a good one. And that's a lot. I mean, that was a good one. Who, whose favorite holiday is Thanksgiving? Got a few. Hey, oh, it's one of my favorites, too. Not my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. What about Easter? Okay, I was not expecting people to like Easter. I'm not going to lie. I was, but well done on the Easter lovers. What about the Halloweeners? I really just wanted to call you a wiener. But who likes Halloween the most? Okay, I know there's some of those folks out there. What about the 4th of July? Yeah. I really like the 4th of July. It's like summer, fun, fireworks. Well, my favorite, and anybody can show their hands when they say this, is New Year's. Whose favorite holiday is New Year's? That a girl. I got a shout out. Well, my favorite holiday is New Year's, and it, it hasn't always been, but it is now just one of my absolute favorite holidays because I, I love a fresh start. I know how prone I am to do stuff that I shouldn't do. And, it, and I love the fresh start of a new year to say, this is the year that I'm going to change. And I'm going to be better. Now what's awesome is, is as you do this year after year, you start getting building blocks in place to keep growing, as Paul said, we're going from glory to glory. 
And I get excited because I seek the Lord all through December. Like I start in December saying, God, what do you have in store for the new year? As I was getting ready for this sermon, which if it's a little blotchy, I apologize. I drove to Texas with my family, all of them, and uh, back. And then we, man, it was so funny. So we're driving and we go through Virginia, which is where other grandparents live. And we've been saying all the state lines, I'm just looking forward to go home. Because we've been in Texas for a week. We're now driving back, spent the night in Knoxville, heading back. We like barely blip into Virginia. And my wife, so I saw the state sign, but I didn't say it. My wife goes, we're in Virginia. And then, I mean, within seconds, all kids, grand dude. CCs, because they live in Virginia, so they hear Virginia, and they think, so we didn't go straight home. We actually went to Virginia, which was fun. I'm glad we did it, but it was a little unfortunate on sermon prep. So what you're getting is kind of chunks. This is the time that I got ready for it in Texas. Here's the time I got ready for it in Virginia, and here's the time I got ready for it in North Carolina. So if you hear the hitches, that's why. I apologize. But I'm in Virginia at the time. My wife gave me about six hours to go get ready for it. Um, and as I was saying, God, how do I prepare for this? I feel like the Lord said, read as much of the New Testament as you can. And so I was like, okay, sounds great. I don't know how that's going to help me exactly, but I can do that. So I start reading, and um, I actually was like, there's not a chance I'm going to make it through all of the Gospels and some of the epistles if I just read the Gospels. So I picked Luke, and I was reading through Luke, and again, this is why it's solidified for me that I need a new year. As I'm reading through the parable of the soils, who's familiar with that parable? There's a guy throwing seed in this story. He's throwing seeds. And some of them land on the path. And they're immediately snatched up and kicked off the path by either birds or people walking by. The next one was um, the rocky soil, where they immediately sprang up but they couldn't get deep roots, and then they withered away quickly. The next one was the thorny soil. It was at least in soil, but there was also weeds and briars that grew up and choked out the seeds. And then the last one was there was good soil that yielded 30, 60, and 100 fold. As I was reading that story, and I'm reading quickly. I'm not like saying every verse I read, like I'm not going, Holy Spirit, what did you want to say about that verse? No, I'm just reading it. As Paul says in Ephesians, uh, as husbands pray for your wives and, and wash them in the word. At times I just read the Bible to let it wash me. I'm just like, I think about it just like taking a shower. I'm just reading it so I can get clean. But man, I read that and I was reminded, man, this was probably 15 years ago. I had a guy praying over me and this is when I was in a really hard spot, really starting to learn how to follow Jesus. And he prayed over me, he said, you are good soil. God has created you to be good soil. You're going to yield 30, 60, and 100 fold. Well, as I read this parable, that came back to mind. But I also felt really convicted as I started reading what was said about the thorny soil. Is that worry, riches, and the desire for life choked out the seed. And I'm going to be really honest why I love a new year is because I know the last part of this year, I don't know when it happened. But man, I started letting thorns choke me out. 
I started getting focused on things that I just, there's nothing wrong with getting, like having a house or a car, like there's nothing wrong with that. But it's when it when it's replaces God that there's a problem, right? Like that, that was, and, and, and they choke you out. My focus had not been on the Lord Jesus as my number one. He was second or third, if I'm being really honest with myself, maybe third or fourth. And it was that sobering, oh, man. Man, I started crying in this, my, my actual... Um, brother and sister-in-law's house, they weren't there. I got to get away from kids to be able to do this kind of stuff. And I'm just sitting there crying. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I missed it. I have put something above you, and that's not okay. So anyway, that is why I love the new year. And you know, what's awesome about God is in Lamentations, it says his mercies are actually new every morning. I just use this as my very consecrated time to get my focus where it needs to be. But I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you've been. I don't know where you started. But I've got great news. Because we serve the best God in the whole world. He is the most kind. He's so patient with us. It says in 2 Timothy, that's where I made it. I made it all the way through 2 Timothy. It says he is faithful even when we're faithless. That is the kind of God I want to serve. And so let me take you to a funny story. I'm walking through the mall in Lynchburg. This was literally almost to the day a year ago. I don't like malls at all. I don't know why they exist. I think they are terrible places. But I'm walking through the mall. We have my family. We had just got done with this like indoor aquarium petting zoo. Like the only place you can find those is a mall because they're so weird. But the kids love them. And so we were trying to kill some time. So we're in there having fun, feeding a lot of trout. You know, you pay like $5 to get like three pellets so that you can throw them in, you know, and all the kids want them, of course. We're walking to the food court. I don't know how it came up with my father-in-law, but we're, we're talking about working out. Oh, I told him because he was like, hey, I'm retiring soon. I was like, hey, you should start working out again. Be really good for you. And he was like, well, what kind of working out should we do? And so we just get to talking, and I won't bore you with all the details. But what I came to the conclusion was, was you know what? I'm going to take working out seriously this year. So I go up to Nikki, who's already at the Chick-fil-A that's in the food court. And who food court's... Anyway, you just hope there's a Chick-fil-A in the food court, right? Like, let's be honest. And so we get to the Chick-fil-A, and I said, Nikki, do you want me to look like Brad Pitt from Fight Club or Brad Pitt from Troy? And she was like, I don't know what he looked like in either one of those movies, and I actually was thankful. I know, it's embarrassing. It really is. So I showed her a picture. And uh, she went with the fight club. And man, anyway, so I had my vision for my New Year's workout goal, Brad Pitt from Fight Club. I'm not endorsing either one of those movies. I, I, I actually would say don't watch those movies. I've never seen Troy. I just saw him and was slightly enamored. But I just, I, I think this is where I had my vision. I had where I was going, but I didn't know how. So I got my vision. I see this picture of what I want to be. I also, I can pull it up right now. 
I found another picture of a dude. It's on my iPad every day I see it. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I was going for it, right? Well, when I, when I started trying to get this goal, it became, I mean, I read probably a thousand pages on how to work out, how to do nutrition, all of this. And guys, I've got a before and after in my underwear. I'm just kidding. I do not, I do not have that. But what I can tell you is if you did see a before and after, because I do have them, I just was not going to do that. I didn't quite get to Brad Pitt status. The face is never going to get there. But I made dramatic improvements on my physical fitness and my physical appearance, and I liked it. I really did. Like, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time doing it. It was nice to have a vision. Probably in August, this verse just kept coming to mind. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. And so it says on there, had nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So bodily training is of some value, right? So we were doing good there. But it is the, it is the training for godliness that has immense value in this life and life to come. So this has just been running in my head since August. And so I started thinking, okay, how do I get the spiritual physique that I want? Just the way I think. You don't have to think about it like that. But for me, it's really helpful because I like working out. I understand it. I understand how the body works. I'm not a professional by any stretch of the imagination, but if you ever want to come work out with me, just let me know because I would enjoy it. So I start thinking, and to be honest with you, I have no idea how to train myself in godliness. It's like I, I, I've never viewed it as taking it seriously in the sense of I have a quiet time, right? I wake up, I spend time with God, and I pray for my food, and I do my best to walk with the Holy Spirit throughout the day, but I have not truly viewed it as training as I would my physical body because that requires actual discipline, it requires a plan. It requires an actual attack path and a vision of what I wanted. And so I have been for a long time trying to figure out how do I become the spiritual man that I want to be. Well, a passage that I forgot to put in here, and I don't even have it in my notes, unfortunately. I do like three or four versions of notes, and every once in a while I forget to cut things over but I believe it's Acts 8, um, maybe 9. But it is a story of the very first Gentiles or non-Jewish people to get saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, it's the story of Cornelius. And it said, this is really what it says. I had never, I had read it before, but it had never stuck out to me that there was a memorial in heaven to Cornelius. But Cornelius is still living. There's just a memorial, and it says it was built on his prayers and his alms or giving to the poor. 
and God sees this. I don't know how this works, right? So I'm not claiming I understand this, but it says, because this was there, God sent a vision to Peter to go directly to his house, which was like two days away, and go share the gospel with him. I thought, whoa, our spiritual men, the acts and women, the spiritual people that we are, can literally create monuments in heaven while we're still on earth. I was like, that dude was living a spiritual life here to make something in the unseen realm. Are y'all tracking with me? I thought it was the coolest thing. Like, I was like, and so I thought, that's what I want. Like, that's part of what I want as a spiritual man. I want to have a monument that looks really good. Maybe there I'll have my Brad Pitt physique. But there, like, I wanted to have a really great, that's me in heaven. Because I'm doing stuff here because I'm doing stuff here in the spirit to create that there, and it's doing it here. So godliness has in value in this life and in the life to come, right? So I started really trying to work through what does it look like to do that. And so what I've come to is pray a lot, give. I got those two things. But then I also started going, Lord, how do I become who I want to be in, in, on earth in the, in the Holy Spirit? And so I'm going to jump down to um, Galatians 5. 16 through 26. Okay, so guys, this is a longer chunk. I don't know why we apologize for that in church, but everybody does, so I'm going to do it too. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit... Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Just leave that last part up there, but I'm going to talk about the whole thing. So I think, so basically if you go through a lot of the epistles, the stories, the, the letters that were written by apostles, there's, there's, there are these chunks on almost all of them. They're a little different, but they all have the same vibe. Are you living for what is seen? Or are you living for what is unseen? Right, some of those are pretty self-explanatory up there. Go back to the, the list of the, sorry, Andrew, thank you. And so we understand sexual morality, we get that. Impurity, it's a little vague. Sensuality, 
This was the one that actually really got me, is sensuality. And I, I don't look at sensuality as a sexuality thing. I see it very much of just wanting to feel the pleasure here now. I want, I want to feel good right now. And so I'm going to seek what I want to do to make myself feel good right now. Sometimes it's eating too much. Sometimes it's watching too much TV. And goodness, I love watching football. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's just doing the things that I want to do for me right now. And that, when I read that whole list, that was when I was like, me. I call it actually, um, I call it the, the um, spirit of indulgence. That's actually what I think it is. I'm just indulging myself and my flesh to make me feel good. So that whole thing is like, we're all doing that, but what it's doing is we're actually just trying to find life in the, in the flesh. And who knows that life in the flesh doesn't work. We can make it feel good for a time, but it doesn't really satisfy. We're all searching for real life, and real life is only found in the king. And so that's where I go, man, when I'm searching for life and I'm doing the wrong stuff, like the stuff on this list, and like for some people, like I, w- I would say like, my wife isn't going to have a hard time with much of that stuff, but she, may, she might have a little hard time with the jealousy, and she's okay. We talked about this. Just so you know, I'm not like throwing my wife under the bus right now. But it's like, that would be one more that she starts feeling that, and, and I can see in her, hey, you're probably trying to find life by this stuff. That's why you're comparing yourself to that person, right? She can do the same thing with me when I just sit on the couch and watch football all day, Right? And so I think it's really crucial to understand that we're all searching for life. We all desire life, and we're going to find it either through the flesh or the spirit. Okay? So if we drop back down, though, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those things take a lot more work, I think, than the top list. Anybody can go pour themselves a few drinks. Right? I mean, we can all go buy something to drink and drink it and drink too much of it because we want to numb us or we want to feel life. But to choose to love somebody, that takes work. And I think more than ever, as I've grown in the Lord, my goals have become much more of a choice of who I want to be, not of who I get to float into being. They're no longer oh, my dad says to do this, so I'm going to do it, and that's what I do. That's good for a season. It's even good for you as a young believer, in my opinion, to follow somebody, to come up under somebody, get someone to disciple you. And, and, and just as Joshua followed Moses for years, he got all the benefit of Moses, and then he stepped into his own identity, where then at the end of his book in, in the Old Testament, he goes, as for me and my house, we're going to choose to follow the Lord. Because you grow up into that place. I just spit. Can y'all see it? But anyway, you grow up into this place where you finally have to make it your own choice to be who you want to be in the Lord. Okay? And so as I do this, I go, man, it used to, like, here's a great example. Right after I got out of college, I went through a training school. Nikki and I had just gotten married. 
And they were like, all right, right when you get back from the new year, everybody has to fast for the training school. They don't tell you how long. They do say, hey, try to make it the longest fast that you've ever done. Well, I did, I think, a 30-day fast. And it was terrible. Don't ever do them. No, I'm just kidding. If the Lord calls you to do it, you should do it. But man, that, in that season, it didn't even feel like somebody was telling me to do it, and so I did it. I just did it because I'm going to do that. That's how I'm wired. Now, man, fasting one day is like, I am so hungry, and I want to punch all my kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but now I think what it, I realized over the last month, it, it is a choice for me to live by faith. More and more, I'm starting to understand why Paul multiple times said, I have fought the good faith. I have fought the fight and finished the race of faith marked out for me. Because as we grow and mature in the Lord, we have to have our holding on to this faith that becomes more our decision, more our weight, because that weight actually is what propels us into glory. As we make the, the choice to choose Jesus, I think that's when the glory just starts emanating from us. Everybody tracking? Okay, jump to Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the, spirit, or from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So as I begin to build out my plans for the new years, this is right at the end after Paul has just talked about the fruits of the Spirit, living by the Spirit, not the flesh. He sums it up with this, and then he goes into his final close to the letter to the Galatians. So how am I going to approach becoming the spiritual man that I want to become? I don't have all the answers. I'm going to be the first to tell you that. But I think Jesus a lot of times uses the physical to help us with the spiritual. And what I mean by that is, let's take the Israelites as they're wandering around in the desert for 40 years. He did not have to give them manna every single day. He could have somehow just infused their body to be nutritious and good. Just like he didn't have their clothes wear out. Right? He, he supernaturally made their clothes last for 40 years, which is crazy, right? I wish my wife had those. So, but anyway, the, I think this is where he could have supernaturally just infused their body with nutrition, but he didn't. He wanted them to have a physical, look, you need daily sustenance. I'm going to give it to you. So he used the physical to show a deeper truth that he wants to provide for us, our needs, all the time every day. So for me, this working out journey for me has been a really, really great journey. Because what I realized was I had a very clear vision of what I wanted. I made a plan. And there's something really important about making a plan. So my plan for working out was Monday, 
was push day. So bench press, I, any, any kind of pushing movement, bench press, shoulder press, squats, stuff like that. So push was Monday. Tuesday was 25 minutes of HIT training, high intensity interval training. I would do a minute on and I was trying to get to a minute off and then minute back on, but I made it to a minute and a half because I, I don't like cardio at all. But did that for 25 to 30 minutes. Wednesday was pool day. Not at the pool, like pulling things up, right? So doing deadlift, things like that. Thursday was another cardio day, hit again. Friday was leg day, right? I had my plan. I had a, I had a spreadsheet and I kept up with all my weights. My interval splits, I kept up with everything. And I started really seeing results. So on top of that, I was really taking care of my nutrition and my hydration, my water. And so the way I'm gonna build out these plans is I go, okay, the way that I've done it is I've gone, love is like abs. You can do abs almost every single day and you're okay. And so you want your core to be super strong and Jesus preached on one himself was love. So every day I've got the best spiritual trainer in the whole world, his name's the Holy Spirit, right? So my goal is to go, Holy Spirit, you are my spiritual trainer today. Today is love, and then I've broken down the fruits of the Spirit into push day, pull day. Because that's what I need to do. And so I'm going to be focused on those chunks, on those days, and then on legs, it's going to be the ones that I'm really bad at that are also sprinkled in. Right? Kindness is not a strong suit of mine. Kindness and gentleness, just not me, really. i just not that guy. But it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit that I need. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm a little ahead of myself because you got to walk with the Holy Spirit to walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But I feel like in this season, the Lord is really calling me that he is my personal trainer. So that's how I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to say, all right, these are my lists today. I'm going to have my eyes open, Holy Spirit, to see chances where I can show and display patience. And let him train me in that way. Now, here's the other thing. Cardio days, right? Man, I have found that if I will take 25 minutes, a couple times a week, where I will just pray and really pray. Not like, dear Jesus, please help me. But like getting after a prayer. Where it really is an intense cardio expression man, my faith muscle just starts getting bigger. As my faith grows, I can walk with the Holy Spirit better. It's crazy. So on Tuesday, Thursdays, I'm going to have those intense times budgeted in my schedule. Now, then we talk about how do we, to me, nutrition is just, it's like the word of God. It's the sustenance that I need to keep this engine going. And so one of my goals this year is I, I have loved reading through the New Testament as I've, I'm going to try to do it every two months because man you're having to consume quite a bit of scripture to stay on top of that and that's going to give me the nutrition that i need to build the spiritual man that i want and then the holy spirit this is crazy i would i, I a, lot, a lot of times will just sit and for like 10 minutes not a long time focused on hope and i have many times as i'm sitting there like this this is standing so just you know like this um I have felt like I have seen 
IVs get put into my arm, and it's Holy Spirit hydration as I've just sat there. I was like, oh, you're the living water. No, duh. I, I mean, like, it just dawned on me literally last night as I'm laying on my pillow, unable to go to sleep because I was really excited the day in M1. And I was like, you're the hydration. You're what I have to consume all the time to get where I want to go. I am really excited about building my spiritual man. I'm not going to throw out building my physical man because it is of some value. But I can tell you my focus has switched. Now, I said at the beginning that what I really hope for you guys is that you guys would have and encounter the promises of God for your life so that you will want to build goals to become who God's created you to be. So in Proverbs, I think it's 18, it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search out a matter. I believe with all of my heart that God today wants to release promises over you. I think that there's some people in the room that have never had that before. They have never heard God speak a promise over their life. They've all happened to me, especially when I had never had one, just coming up and getting prayer. And saying, hey, Jesse said he wants to, God wants to release promises today. I've never had one. Can you pray that I get one? Just say it just like that. Or if you can't remember, just say promises. We'll all get it. But God wants to release them today. Now, there's some in the room that I think have received them. And in 1 Timothy, it says, fan into flame the word that have already been prophesied over you. And so my prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit would remind you, even now, this is who God has promised me to be. So I probably have told this story before, but it's one of my favorites. I will keep it very short because I'm running low on time. I was in a grumpy mood at Life Group, and the guy said, hey, we're all going to read the Bible and journal something for 10 minutes. I did not want to do that at all. But I was reading through the book of Matthew. I was on chapter 7. I remember it very clearly at the part where it says, ask and you will receive. I said, I read ask and you will receive, and I feel like the Holy Spirit stopped me just that quickly. And I feel like he said, ask me anything you want, and I'll tell you the answer. I'm mad, though, remember, right? So I felt like, I was like, all right, what's your favorite color? Being a total punk, right? And I waited, and I feel like the Holy Spirit said very clearly, my favorite color is rainbow. And I was like, that makes no sense. But then I started thinking about it. His first promise to man, he sealed it with a rainbow. God doesn't think like we think. He can be so much bigger and better than us. But in the rainbow, all the colors are there. You can mix them all together and it comes up with any color you see, right? And he's sitting on a throne in Revelation surrounded by what? A rainbow. I really do think it's his favorite color. I might be wrong, but it has really inspired me to live by faith. So I believe that the Lord is sitting on his throne right now looking out through a rainbow of promise onto you and wants to release it. All you have to do is ask for it. Okay, so I'm quickly, I want to show you 
the few areas that I would love for you to build goals for, then we're going to take communion, then we're going to have ministry time, and you're going to get your promises if you haven't got it. So I, for me, what I do is we have household goals. Well, first, there's a picture I want to show you because we take goals seriously at our house. So this is on the wall right by our dining room table. We do a family banner every year so that we can have our focus. You can see who all painted it all. All right, so you, the picture there, wait, go back, please. So right there, we all stamp it with our handprint saying we're in as a family. And this year was Philippians 4, 8, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy. Think about such things. And so we have been thinking about that all year. We get to get a new one. I'm really excited about it. But then we all have our personal ones that we do. And I love it. I love, so my son, August, is a tree by a stream of water. His life verse that before he was born, Nikki and I felt was Psalms 1. Psalms 1, very end, you will be like a tree planted by streams of water. God speaks to our kids too, man. It is so cool. But we take goals really seriously. Okay, so now you can go to the next slide. I think you should have household goals. Now, this is for me around my household. We almost all have roommates, right? So mine is just take discipleship of my discipleship of my kids seriously. Pick up after myself. Nikki will be very happy. Do the dishes as often as possible. And there's one more that didn't make it on there, but is become a house of miracles. It's one of my favorite songs that inspires me. And I really want our house to be a place where people come and they count in life with Jesus. So I've got physical goals. I want to do yoga three times a week because I hate stretching. I don't do the weird stuff. I just want to stretch. I focus on Jesus, just to be clear. I want to beat my Murph time from last year. Murph is just a workout that we do. It's just a way that I can stay in shape. I want to eat more vegetables because I hate vegetables, but they're really good for you. The next, so I, I would just write down the categories if you're writing anything down so that you can have categories for yourself. Now, I, I'm going to be honest. This is how I do it. My wife just needs one or two. She needs focuses, not goals like this. Okay, I'm just showing you how I do it because I'm the one talking, just to be clear. So I like to have a giving slash savings goal, so I want to save 10%. I am so bad at saving, but I really want to do that. I want to find a volunteer organization to give time and money to. Um, I want to do that as a family. Um, and I want to tithe on pre-tax dollars. I have not, I felt like I needed to do that, but I haven't wanted to, but I'm going to do it this year. Work goals. I want to take every opportunity to share Jesus with clients and colleagues. The main reason I want to do this is I don't want to be the weird guy, right? I don't want to turn people away from Jesus because I'm super aggressive and in their face. But I'm also like, the good news is the best news in the whole world. And I'm going to take every opportunity that I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to do it. Because Paul and all the apostles welcome persecution. And I think the persecution we're going to get here is weak. So I'm going to try it. Make five to, 10 to, five to ten good connections a day and don't waste time at walk. work. Pretty simple goals. Reading and mental goals. Uh, read the New Testament six times this year. I want to become a really good question asker and read two books with my wife. She doesn't know I put that one on there. Hopefully she's okay with that. Spiritual goals. I want to learn to walk in the spirit. I want to pray for my kids, wife, folks that I'm discipling in church and life group daily. And I want to live true to my conscience and have no compromise. That is in um, Timothy. He talks about it a lot. But Paul talks about his conscience a lot. Okay. So I put all those up there just because I want to see that's how I do it. 
I'll break those down a little bit further, like of how to do it. But I like to read over there at least once a week. I think it was a Harvard study that says you have an 80% chance of achieving your goal if you review it every day, or I think four times a week. So I like to read over them at least once a week, hopefully three or four times a week. All right, was that good? Was it helpful? Okay. I think we have the best thing in the world that we get to start our year with communion. All right, kids, who's all, who all got a communion cup? Who all knows that this is a really serious thing? You know that? I know you, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go fast because I'm already running behind. This is incredibly serious and amazing thing. It's one of my favorite things to do is take communion because, again, it reminds me as we open up the, the I don't, we call it bread, but that's styrofoam bread. It's the reminder that his flesh was slaughtered so that our flesh doesn't have to be. It was broken completely for us, just like the veil was ripped, so that now we can come and have face-to-face encounter with the living God of all the universe. I love the breaking of the bread because the veil was torn, and we can come stand right in front of him. And he's not mad. He's not sad. He's not angry because Jesus' body was ripped for us. So as we take the bread, let us remember that we can come in to his presence boldly and confidently. And as we take the juice or the wine, Jesus, when he was taking this, he said a couple of things about it, but one of my favorite is, is that I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until you're with me. I know we talk about the blood part a lot, but I really like that part. That he said he's, never, he's not going to drink it until we are with him in heaven. And so I like to drink this, not every time, but sometimes it's a celebration that heaven is where we're going, and we've got to stay focused on that. I know I do because that sensuality stuff gets me. But I drink this going, I'm going to celebrate with you one day, and you're the only life source. So as we drink the juice today, let's remember that. Okay. So we're going to do ministry time. We're going to play a really fun song called The House of Miracles because it's awesome. But if you have not received what you need, a word of the Lord, a promise from the Lord, I want you to come forward. I also need folks to come and pray. And again, a lot of people are traveling that are on staff and things like that. So if you're here, Life group leader, and and you can pray for people. We need you up here. I'm going to pray right now that the the, the voice of the Lord will open up and be really clear. I'm also going to pray that if you have a word from the Lord that you're not quite remembering, I'm going to pray that he will refresh you. But if you have any other need, it doesn't have to be just that. Please come. Don't leave carrying weight today. It's just not worth it. All right? 
So Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you come and invade this place? For us that have received prophetic words from you, will you remind us right now? And may we be faithful to fan those into flame. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking those that are in need of a new word, a fresh word, their first word from you, that you will release it on us. In the name of Jesus, amen. So if you can pray for people, please come forward. And if you want prayer, please come on up.